1: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions.
2: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you. We're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, Nerve Jen her, Pete's dragon, the dressmaker, and lo and behold. But right now we're gonna kick off the show talking to Morgan who is 11 and a half in Southern California, about the new release DVD release of The Jungle Book. Morgan, thank you for being on the program.
3: Thank you so much, and I'm doing great.
2: Fantastic. Now, we are talking about the DVD release of the remake, The Jungle Book, which is hit theaters, and everyone fell in love with it, but what can this DVD and its special features give us audience, home movie
3: audience? Well, I really love this because it was amazing. They had a bunch of uh, great features, too it as well. And the movie is really, really cool. The graphics in it are just really top notch. And they had a star cast in here such as Bill Murray, Ben Kingsley, Scarlett Johansson and Christopher Walken, including introducing actually, because he's never done a movie before, Neil Fadis. And he is actually very nice and I had the pleasure of meeting him and he
2: plays mostly in the film. yes Neil did a great job in this film. She's absolutely amazing in this in this because he's pretty much like acting alone. He's there with a well surrounded by CGI characters and he's the way he just like holds his own as a performer in this in this film is fantastic so um go let's continue on talking about your interview with him because that's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing thing he did. So what kind of things did you talk about with him regarding his performance?
3: Well, I asked him what was it like, like what do they do? Because sometimes when they have CGI people and you're like one of the only actors, they'll have something there so that way you can talk to it or, you know, whatever. And uh, he said that he actually got to talk to a bunch of puppets, say like little puppets or toy tigers or lions or whatever, so that way he could be able to talk to them. And he actually also had the pleasure of meeting Bill Murray and Ben Kingsley, and he got to meet all the cast that I just mentioned as well. And he actually got to fly on a private plane to meet Bill Murray and play uh, golf with him as well as well as bowling. And he's actually <laughs> traveling around the world.
2: That's amazing. To go golfing with Bill Murray or even bowling—that's that's one lucky kid right there. That's fantastic. You got to be able to meet the cast and everything. That's fantastic. So let's talk about the film itself because it, Disney, especially with Pete's Dragon coming out, has been on a streak of live action films and Jungle Book's continuing that. So this film entirely, what did you really enjoy about the film?
3: I think I really liked the graphics in it as well because like, those were probably my favorite part because they were so crisp and detailed that it was just amazing, really. And I actually I loved the beehives. That was actually really fun. And that was actually Neil City's favorite scene to shoot because he said that it looks so dangerous to everybody on screen, but he said that, like, they would never put his life danger, so it was really, like, not going to reveal any magic, but they do the magic tricks for acting. And he said that uh, he does not like mud, actually, which was kind of surprising. And I was like, you're a, ju- you're a boy who lives in the jungle, and I thought boys liked getting dirty, so it was actually kind of funny to you know. But, you know, people always have their little secrets, and that was actually really funny. And well,
2: talk, I, talk about commitment. If you don't like mud and, like, you're in, a, you're in a film called Jungle Book and you're constantly dirty, that's some commitment as an actor, but um, continue.
3: I definitely agree as well. And I actually love the acting that Neil Ciby did because it was just amazing. And I really, like, you have to have a big, huge idea of what you're going to say and everything. And you're gonna have to like imagine everything with your own brain because you don't really have anything there to help you. It's not like you're gonna be with other people. So you're kinda like the main base of the film when it's just you there with a bunch of CGI.
2: Certainly, but that's that CGI is quite extraordinary. They're just they leap off the screen these an these animals, from King Louie to Carr it's just to car it's just ah every time i have i see car on screen it just makes me shiver because i'm i'm not the biggest fan of snakes and the design of her is just absolutely spectacular so thank you so much Morgan for talking about the dvd release of jungle book
3: thank you so much for having me
2: always a pleasure this dvd of jungle book is out right now so go please go check it out check out the special features and see how the magic of the movies are uh, put onto the big screen, and now we're going to do our uh, kids' first Olympic switch of the torch. We're going to be passing it on
4: to Jerry, talking about Pup Star. Take it away, Jerry. Thank you very much. So, right now we're going to be talking to Abigail about the new film Pupstar DVD release. So, Abigail, can you tell us your opinion about the film?
5: Oh, yes. Pup Star was an amazing, wonderful family film. I just, it was so beautiful. I love I love Tiny. She's so adorable. I love dogs. So like, I'm a huge fan of dogs. My dog's actually in my lap right now, Bailey and Jess. I'm like, I'm a super huge fan of dogs.
4: I agree. I absolutely love Tiny. She is adorable. But for viewers who don't know, can you tell us the story about Pup Star?
5: Pup Star is about Tiny, who always has a dream of being on Pup Star and she auditions for the tryouts, and she gets a golden bone, and she gets to the finale. But I don't want to go- give away the ending, So, but that's what it's mainly about.
4: And throughout the, her journey on Star, she sings a lot of songs. She meets a lot of other dogs who sing wonderful songs. What did you think of the overall soundtrack of the film?
5: Oh, it was amazing. Bram Wanger composed the music. It just it amazingly fit the characters. So amazing. 13 original songs in it. It's just so, so amazing. I love the music.
4: You know, I love when films dedicate so much work and so much talent to just make one movie. It's really fantastic to see that. And I also know that you got to talk to Anna McRoberts, who's the writer and producer of the film. What did you learn
3: from her?
5: Oh, I learned so much from her. I learned that it was like 31 dogs total in this movie, like, Ever. It's a total bow wow. She, so I learned a lot from her.
4: And can you tell us what your favorite scene is and why?
5: My favorite scene is anytime Tiny sings. But my favorite scene is when Tiny and Mr. Big Ears belt out the blues. That's my mostly favorite scene. And when Lou cries for Tiny and at the end. And, and she's proud of her and Pup Star. Just so beautiful. It kind of made me tear a little.
4: And what did you think about the special effects? Because sadly, the dogs aren't actually singing. That was all added in post and camera and uh, camera work. So what did you think about the special effects?
5: Oh, I thought the dogs were actually talking. But the special effects were amazing. It perfectly fit their mouths. And even the lyrics and, yeah, the, the voiceover fit the mouse really perfectly.
4: And how many stars do you give this film and why?
5: Oh, my gosh. I'd give it... Five out of five stars, pup stars, because it's just, uh, everybody, like, cat lovers would just, if they didn't like dogs at all, they would love dogs. And because Anna Roberts and everybody did an amazing job on it, it, it was just super amazing.
4: Now, there are both actors and voiceover actors, since there's people who have to voice over the dogs, so how do you think they did at their job?
5: Oh, the voiceovers perfectly fit the characters really well. I especially love Tiny's character, played by Caitlin Mayer. That one was just amazing. I loved her singing.
4: Speaking of the caster's names like Jed Reese who plays Roland. Tom Everett Scott, who plays Charlie. David the who plays Stephen. And my next question for you is, what age range do you give this film and why?
5: Oh, wow. I'd give it 5 to 95. Because, like, literally, if adults would love it, too, because, like, it's just amazing for adults and kids because my parents were watching it with me and they were, my mom was kind of emotional to it and my dad was like straight faced. Like I was like cheering for the super talented Tiny and just everybody will love it. Like I love Popstar.
4: <laughs> I definitely love the film too. And this is definitely a family film. So do you think this story has a moral or message to it?
5: Yeah, it has a huge message. The message of the story is to always get along with your family and never give up all your dreams persevere <laughs> that's the moral of the story
4: i definitely think it is a fantastic moral and what do you think about the cinematography in this film
5: ah uh, the cinematography was so amazing how they filmed it wow they were just i don't know how they filmed it actually it was just amazing how they filmed it
4: i definitely loved it too and were you ever bored with the film or were you at the edge of your seat the whole time?
5: Oh yeah. I was at the edge of my seat the whole time. I loved it. I didn't get bored at all. I was like, I was like, when the movie was over, I was like, no, I wish there was more. But um Anna McRoberts in the interview announced that season two, Pop Star, is coming
1: back.
4: Well that is very exciting. I can't wait to see that. Thank you so much for talking to me about Pupstar. If you'd like to check out the DVD for Pupstar, it is now in stores near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. This show is sponsored by the Jungle Book.
1: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
4: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the new film... Ah, uh, pop star, and right now we're going to be talking about the film Suicide Squad. Up ahead is Nerve, Ben-Hur, Peach Dragon, also the dressmaker, but right now we're going to talk to Kiefer about the new film Suicide Squad, and Kiefer is 16 from Los Angeles. So, Kiefer, what did you think about this film?
2: Oh, my word. It's hard not to talk about this film without, like, because most people said exactly what I'm going to say. This film had a lot of anticipation and a lot of hype, but sadly it was kind of anticlimactic because there was some good aspects of the film, but there was also... Some misopportunities. opportunities. The cast was amazing. Viola Davis, Will Smith, and Marco Robbie were perfectly cast in their roles. And they are totally immersed in their characters. And they're fantastic. But with every Harley Quinn, there was a Jared Leto as a Joker. And sadly, I did not like his portrayal. I don't know if it was just Jared Leto or the writing or the direction. It just did not fit the Joker-esque kind of uh, feeling that we're used to in the cinema. So, uh, But
4: th- I, this film was... I enjoyed watching it, though. There was some good aspect stuff to it. Now, I was definitely getting hyped up for this film. Do you think if people didn't get so hyped up for this film, the reviews would be better and people would react to the film better?
2: No, not only was it the hype, but also previous films that came up to it. Because before DC has not been having its great luck with films. Before Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman came out, and so we we DC fans and moviegoers were very excited to think like, God, um, Suicide Squad is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy of DC. It's the it's the big jump they need in the film in the film universe, and it just wasn't. So I feel like the hype damaged it? I think it did contribute, but even without even without the hype, I still would have thought that we would have picked out the flaws in the film. Well, oh, sorry, not well. I wouldn't call it flaws the missed opportunities in this film from both
4: moviegoers and fans alike. Now, a lot of people say that the story is too complex and there's too much happening. and It was just plain confusing. Do you agree with that? I don't think it's complex. I think it didn't do anything with it,
2: <laughs> to be honest, because. And for a film that should solely be based on characterization, we only really get to know about three of the su- of the members of the Suicide Squad. We touch base with Katana. We touch ba- uh, we touch base a little bit with the Croc, well, hardly anything, and we learn nothing about Captain Boomerang. And even Cara character, Enchantress, we learn we we learn about backstory, but missing the character she was a very i'm sorry she just was a very bland character there's just nothing that really goes with, that goes with her that makes her fascinating and if you're in a dc universe you gotta have good villains especially in the batman universe so i don't think the story was too complex i thought it was just dull in my for lack of a better word it's just nothing really is driving it it's just a bad versus evil story but it's not the, the, just, just the villain just, just is not interesting at all And how many stars would you give it? I would give it three out of five stars, only because even though there's some very good aspects of it, the direction, I did like the direction, I did like the cinematography, I adored the soundtrack and a lot of the performances. I felt like a lot of the missed opportunities kind of outweighed some of the good aspects of this film. Should you go check it out? Sure. Go go get your own opinion, because I had mixed feelings for this film, but... I mean, for what it was, it just wasn't the big jump that DC needed. And can you tell us about the plot if we don't know? Uh, the plot is that Amanda Wall, the play of Viola Davis, is this, I uh, believe she's CIA or one of the people, gov- well, part of the government, who was trying to put together a task force team called a of, vi- of bad guys. People like dead shots, um, hitmen, um, crazy people, uh, half uh, humanoid crocodiles, so that. They can fight the battles that we humans can't. And if they if they fail, we'll throw them off on the streets because who cares about the bad guys, the villains. There's no hope for them. And so that's what it is about. And I don't want to give away who the villain is because they've been really hiding it. So I'll let's go see the film to check out who the real villain is in this film. But that's pretty much the main thing. It's it's a super it's a super uh, it's a superhero team. They're not heroes. They're bad guys. So that's pretty much the main
4: plot, is they have to defeat this magical creature, pretty much. That chart, by the way, is played by Will Smith. And Will you know, Smith. it kind of does sound interesting. It's a very unique idea. It's just sad that it didn't come out so great. What age range do you give this film very quickly?
2: I'll give this about uh, age range for 12 to 18-year-olds, because there is some elements that parents would
4: just need to watch out for, like violence and even some different elements That can be disturbing for kids. Thank you so much for talking to me about the new film Suicide Squad. If you'd like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we will talk about the films Ben-Hur, Peach Tracking, and The Dressmaker. But right now we're going to continue talking to Kiefer about the new film Nerve. So Kiefer, what did you think about this film? Oh, rapid fire with
2: reviews. Uh, Nerve! No! I was very pleasantly surprised to it because I really didn't want to go see it, but my friends kind of dragged me to it. But I was, I'm happy I went because this film was a very intense thriller, a, a techn- technological thriller. I felt like the direction style was experimental. I don't like stock. I I I've grown tired of stock footage films and amateur filmmaking. But in this one, it works because a lot of the shots are done with their phone, and it makes sense and it works. And they don't overuse the gimmick in this film. I don't believe. I feel like they use it in appropriate moments of suspense, and it's not just the whole film's filmed on the phone. It does come out of that and actually use professional cameras. Thank goodness. So this film was a I was pleasantly surprised with it. It's
5: fantastic.
4: Now, at first, I thought this was just going to be a young adult or romance. that has a very unique concept, but it quickly, quickly turned into a very dramatic and action-packed and intense film. What do you think? Which one it is? I believe it tries to trick you, but the
2: trailers kind of give it away that it's not your typical. Well, it kind of, well, here it is. It's it starts out as like, oh, she's going to go see the world and she's going to go be a part. She's going to take risks. It's, this, it's a cliche, nerdy girl, doesn't take any risks, and then finally she does, and she sees a whole new world, and she learns who she is. But it actually takes a turn to a very dark story, which is the fun part of this whole entire film, is this dark turn it takes. And it really does leave you to ask some questions, are you a watcher, or are you a player? And
4: you ask yourself that question, and it leaves to some very interesting results. I definitely agree. And what did you think about the cast performance? There's names like Emma Roberts who plays V and Dave Franco who plays Ion. How do you think they played their roles? They did a fantastic job. Really, they really, they really
2: fuel the film. Uh, Dave Franco and Emma Roberts, the connection, the chemistry between them is is fantastic. They really know how to work well with each other. And I mean, they really, Emma Roberts really fuels the film with the character. And there's just some things that they do is just. Absolutely amazing. So it's really the
4: cast that takes together this whole entire film. And judging from the trailer, there are a few fe- there are a few scenes that has at least a little bit of special effects. What do you think about the special effects? I don't know about special effects. I think about stunts. Uh, what really actually,
2: if you want to talk about visuals, I have to mention the cinematography because the blue aesthetic. In this film is outstanding because it's that's that's visual storytelling. There it kind of gives this feeling that Nerve, the the entity of Nerve and its following, is everywhere. Because Nerve is kind of represented as like blue light, and it's just it's everywhere in this film, and it's kind of gives you that uncomfortable aspect. Like oh, Nerve is everywhere; everyone's watching you. And the color palette really does represent this film and its storytelling from the
4: characters. And ah, it was just. I was mesmerized by cinematography in this film. You know, you definitely know it's a very good story when there's just a single light or a single color that signifies an evil character or a big part of the plot. So yeah. kudos to them for making it represent so much. What age range do you give this film?
2: I would give this, uh, it's it's kind of hard because for a PG-13 film, there is a scene of one nudity. Nothing uh, Nothing that's, too, that's really too graphic, but it's a quick scene. So I, I would have to say 13 to 18-year-olds, It's such a, since it's such a quick scene, parents just be warned. It's in the beginning, and they get it out of the way. But also with the intensity and some of the language, I, f- I feel like that, that's a good age range for kids to be able to handle it. I think these uh, kids can handle something like this. But this is really a, a teenage thriller. And is there any soundtrack in this film? There is. a lot of technological kind of music in this film. that And also some, I believe some bands... And some popular music, of course, are in here. It's it really fits in kind of like the I hate to say kind of like teen drama with some of the kind of popular music in there to
4: fit the demographic. But also, I like the technological music in there. It's it really fits the theme. It's a very interesting idea to mix both of those two. You'd never think uh, about any of that. And how many stars do you give this film?
2: I would give this four to five stars because even though this film has some really redeeming qualities. It does suffer from some of the cliched aspects of regular teenage films. So, But definitely, uh, I would recommend go checking it out because it, it really is worth a watch. And do you have a favorite scene in this film? Favorite scene, I have to say, my favorite scene is the bike scene. I'll consider my favorite scene because it is one of the most intense parts
4: of the film. And the trailer does show it off, and I can see why. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Nerve. If you'd like to check out this film, and it it's now in theaters near you, let's take a break. I'm Jerry or and you're listening to Kids vs. Contractions. Their show is sponsored by The Jungle Book.
0: Kids safe, mother approved. You're
1: listening to Voice America Kids. Are tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh! turn off your phone another movie review is coming up
2: Hello and welcome back to the program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking about Nerve, Suicide Squad, and the Jungle Book and Pup Squad. Now we're going to be continuing this show with Pete's Dragon, Ben-Hur, and the Dressmaker. Right now I'm with the wonderful Jerry from Southern California talking about the reboot, sorry, not reboot, remake
4: of the classic epic Ben-Hur. Jerry, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic and I have to say something. When I was talking to the producers, they used the term reimagining. See, now let's let's get into that actually. Yeah. Tim Burton really started
2: that that phrase, reimagining, when he did Planet of the Apes in, in the early two thousands. We all know how that turned out. But the thing is I want to use the word reimagining as well. However, whenever we use the word reimagining, I feel like it's a way for filmmakers to think like, hey, we're trying to be we try to be different from the originals, since this film is really based off of a classic cinematic epic that really defined uh,
4: our film history i mean how does it hold up jerry you know i think it holds up good as a film completely separate from the ben Hur concept and the reason i I think they called it a reimagining it's because it's a lot different than the original Ben-Hur's of the 1950s, 1920s. It's completely, it's a lot different from the characters, to the story, to the ending, to everything. It's a lot different. I think they tried to make it a little more family-friendly. I think they tried to make Jesus as a character a lot more kind of normal and as just a person who's doing kind of acts instead of a prophet, which is very interesting, and it's definitely very unique film and i think that it would be fantastic if people didn't connect it to ben-hur at all
2: now see i understand that and th- i understand they're trying to be different from ben-hur but it's really hard to have a title like that and really go see the film with that kind of instinct however that is a that is a good thing to put out there for people who want to go see ben-hur that is a good thing to point out because you should go into the film with its own knowing that it, it is its own thing and besides the, what we consider the original Ben-Hur, Charlton Esten, is was actually off a remake. There was a 1925 version, and then we have the grand epic we know in today. So go check out the film, knowing that it's its own kind of universe. With that said, this film has some a great cast in it as well, exceptional cast.
4: We have Jack Huston and Morgan Freeman. So uh, talk about the cast in this film, not oh, in they- this film. But you know what I mean. They did excellent. I actually think that uh, Morgan Freeman is a very different take because he he looks completely different. And his character is kind of more of a self-interest character who does it for greed and just kind of helps Judah because he thinks he can make money from him. And Jack Huston does an excellent job playing Judah Ben-Hur because Judah Ben-Hur is at first a very kind man, very bright man and he cares about his family, but then he kind of becomes broke after years as a slave, and he kind of becomes much more stern, much more evil, much more kind of just gruesome, and Jack Huston does an excellent job of creating that transformation. The whole cast just did wonderful, because there's bad guys, there's good guys, there's in-between, they all did excellent. That's
2: fantastic, and... I have to talk about, because this film is supposed to be a grand epic, and I felt like this film was to be created because we have more advanced technology, so did you what did you think about the advancements of technology with the carriages and the grand boats? Uh,
4: talk about that. Well, when I talked to the producers at the premiere, they actually said that the carriage scenes when they're on the horses and all of that, that was not special effects, that was real. Oh. And... That they actually went around tracks, on carriages, ridden by horses, doing all the stunts, which is kind of surprising to me because, like you said, it's a new day and age where we have a lot of good special effects. I'm surprised they would actually do that. But kudos to them for putting so much effort. There are a lot of scenes that do use special effects, like the fighting scenes and there's some ship ship scenes where ships are fighting each other in the water. There's a lot of special effects there. They did excellent. I think that for today's day's in age, today's day today's and age, it could be a little better, but overall, it's still decent. Mm-hmm. But that's good to know. And I'm also glad it's not just totally based on CGI because
2: they could have easily done that. And it's nice to know they actually did some practical uh, practical effects with characters and stunts, actual stunts. That's always it's it's nice to hear. So. What about the—because I, I, I'm i finding it hard to, to really go check out this film because it is a summer really based on remakes. So what would you say about this summer in general on its remakes and reboots And it, since it's been really
4: big on that? I do think that maybe we can take a little break from remakes and reboots because a lot of the original ideas that are coming out are doing excellent even though some have not been good a lot of them are doing excellent and i think that remakes and reboots are wonderful to look at the stories but it is getting a little interesting to see disney and paramount now and a whole bunch of other studios create making remakes and reboots for the same films and i think it is cool to see them reimagined but there are elections that you just do not want to ruin like there's a lot of series that are legendary, legendary series that a lot of people are saying are ruined now because of remakes and reboots. So I think that for a few films, maybe just once or twice, they are fine, but right now, how many reboots and remakes we're making, it's a little too far. I would agree. And how many stars would you give this grand epic? Despite there being a few nitpicks I have, i still give five out of five stars because overall, it's excellent. Like I said, if you just look at it from a completely separate film from the Ben-Hur series, I guess you can say now, it's a wonderful film. I absolutely loved it. It has a great story, great action, kept me on the edge of my seat, very intense, wonderful cinematography and soundtrack. Everything plays together so perfectly, and I enjoyed it greatly.
2: Well, wonderful. Thank you very much, Jay, for talking about Ben-Hur.
4: This
2: film, this film is in theaters now, so go, please go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakeslee, and we were just talking about Ben-Hur, Nerf, Suicide Squad, and The Jungle Boy. I'm going to continue our... Uh, streak of remakes we're talking about pete's dragon with benjamin here benjamin is from washington dc and happy to have you on the show benjamin thank you i'm happy to be here this film was kind of a surprise for me and i'm hearing a lot of good things about it so uh, what did you think about this film
6: same here it really surprised me it's very nice to look at and wow, i thought that the main character pete after thinking more and more about the movie like was kind of reminded me of other characters from other movies. I still really enjoyed the story, and most of the performances are actually really good. Now, Disney's, as we've said before in the beginning of the show, has been on a streak of live-action remakes
2: of the original animated pictures, and Peace Dragon is continuing that streak of success. Now, I love Pete's Dragon, the original. It was my favorite film growing up and watching, and so when I saw the trailer for this, I was... I was interested, because this, this obviously is a reimagining, of this story. So, what are the different aspects to this film from the original?
6: Well, they do not sing songs in this movie. Mm. Pete is not animated. He's made of special effects, which was a really good decision because he looks, like, the results are fantastically lifelike. And the story's a lot different, and it's a new set of characters, but Elliot and Pete are still in it. Pretty much everything else is different.
2: I see, and talking about the special effects in here, it's Really I I when I saw the design of Pete's dragon, it was it was definitely different design from the original instead of this cartoony kind of design. It's very much like a really realistic but still very really cute dragon. So I'm talking more about the special effects and how uh, how it worked in this film.
6: Well, I thought that compared to the special effects we have nowadays, Pete actually looked quite realistic. I didn't expect it him to look that realistic especially on a character like a dragon. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like the special effects were really good in this film.
2: Wonderful. So, now this film is getting a lot of praise for its even its story because it's not it's totally different from it. So, let's talk about its how it is original as a film. Talk about the story and the qualities of the film that you particularly liked?
6: I thought it was just a nice change because the story was different. And like you said, reimagining rather than being just a straight remake. Because I've seen the original Peach Dragon. It's actually a pretty good film. So it was nice to see them changing up things. And not, and it doesn't actually stick very close to the original. And it was mm-hmm. great to see that actually work. Certainly.
2: And also, it's this film has an outstanding cast. You got Bryce Dallas Howard. You got Robert Redford in here, and also a lo- so many other introducing characters. So, talk about their performance and specific aspects of their acting ability that you enjoyed.
6: I really liked the main character, uh, uh, who plays Pete Oakes Feagley. Yeah, I thought he did. He was interesting seeing him just like uh, Neil Sedney in The Jungle Book, reacting with these just characters that aren't even there. And uh, Robert Redford also liked him. He plays a, a characters in this film, one of her parents, and he, he claims to have seen Elliot in a forest, and um, he's always trying to remind... he see The character seems kind to me, and he's always trying to remind his daughter to see a little more magic in life,
2: Wonderful. Now, since Disney is really, as I mentioned before, successful in these live-action remakes, are there any in particular, like, original Disney pictures that you would like to be turned into a live-action remake?
6: Lion King, probably?
3: Hmm, yeah, be Lion King.
6: And Mulan, because I feel like Disney won- if Disney's trying to make these a little darker, I feel Mulan would have a lot of potential
2: definitely that's a good one Mulan Ooh, just think about the the people you can get to play to be in the part, and also the the action sequences ah oh, that would be a grant that'd be grand what you can say I'm just
6: picturing the avalanche scene in live action
2: now see you and I think alike that would be an amazing scene to pull off oh yeah. see that's perfect that's a great answer I Disney, get on that. Oh, I believe they already are getting on that, so... Yeah, I think I read mic.
6: somewhere that that's already happening, but no one can play Mushu like Eddie Murphy.
2: <laughs> Definitely agree. Hey, what if he reprises his role as, as a dragon? That'd be great.
6: Yeah, it could work.
2: That could work as well. Well, that's a good answer. Got, so that's another one to look forward to, but with the films that we have at hand, we can still enjoy Peach Dragon. So talk about the messages, the messenger story, because I hear like a nice... A nice friendly message in this film.
6: There are several messages and I've read in places that there are messages, but I didn't really pick up any major ones. There's some nice messages though about being like accepted because the young boy in this film sort of comes out of um, his natural home, and mm-hmm. goes back into the real world, and uh, is just doesn't really understand everything, and he gets accepted by this family. So there's nice some messages about acceptance and family.
2: And as mentioned before, it is that's a very charming and very, I mean, cute aspect of the film that I believe all ages could enjoy. But I'll just quickly, what age range would you give this, and how many stars?
6: Five to twelve. Because there is a scene in the very beginning that is kind could be scary for younger kids. There's also uh, a scene right about in the middle that's sort mm-hmm. of could scare younger viewers because one of the characters is uh, there's a scene of peril. So, I uh, but I give the film overall four out of five stars. I loved it. Really recommend you go out and see it. It's a film Show for me. the whole family.
2: It definitely is. Well thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about Pete's Dragon. Thank you. This film is also out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the DVD release of the Jungle Book.
1: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Or tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh! turn off your phone another movie review is coming up
4: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kiss First Come Attractions. We were just talking about the film Suicide Squad, Nerve, Ben Hur, and Peach Dragon. But right now we're gonna to talk to a Morgan who is eleven and lives in Hollywood about the brand new film, well, not so new, Dressmaker. So what did you think about this film?
3: Oh my gosh, this film is just award-winning to tell you the truth. It has comedy, drama, mystery, and fashion. I know it sounds like a weird combo, but you know what? It is Totally stupendous, and it works just so beautifully to make this amazing film, to tell you the truth.
4: Now, this film looks like it has a good amount of romance in it. Was the romance ever too much or a little cheesy, or do you think it was just the perfect amount?
3: I think this is actually just, like, the perfect amount for this, because it didn't have too much. And sometimes the romance is like, a little funny, and it actually, like, added to the film. And I liked that they had the romance in it, because... It added to the plot line quite a bit. And can you tell us a story about this film? The story about this film is basically this lady who is a fashion designer who is a dressmaker, Tilly Dunnage, who is played by Kate Winslet, decides to go back home to a slow, quiet town in the middle of nowhere, which is in Australia. And she also wants to go back home because she has actually committed a murder to everybody in the town, apparently. And everybody thinks that she murdered some kid when she was a little girl and she doesn't remember any of this. So she really goes back home to take care of her mom and find out if she really did commit this murder. And then basically she goes back home and she finds out how crazy all these townspeople are and everything because she makes dresses for them. So that way they'll like kind of give her insight of what happened and, if she committed the murder and she kind of digs deep down and then she'll basically get like stories from them as well. And then she'll use those stories, tell those stories to the person that the story is about that they didn't know. And then basically she'll have them do the dirty work for her. And that is just amazing how she uses flashbacks and everything in this film. And it's just, Really amazing, to tell you the truth, and just wonderful. I loved it.
4: It does sound like a spectacular film. When I read that, it is one of the highest grossing films in Australia in 2015. I, my next question is, this kind of sounds like a mystery. Do you think this could be considered a mystery?
3: Definitely. I say, I say that's a comedy, a drama, a mystery, and definitely just a huge fashion show. Because when she makes the dresses for everybody... They're, like, award-winning dresses for the runway in New York for Fashion Week, no less. And everybody's, like, in the middle of nowhere town in the middle of the desert roaming around with these little hot dresses that, you know, people like the stars would wear. And everybody's just like, hmm, I want one of those. And then, like, everybody gets dressed. But then one of the people who, like, kind of wants her to get out of the town and doesn't like her very much finds another dressmaker and basically then it's like that's when the story really begins and it just becomes so amazing really and that's when the war and everybody just goes nuts and she finds out the truth but I'm not giving any secrets out because this is a musty film.
4: Well it definitely sounds like film I will definitely check out. Now what do you think about the story? Like, Was it too complex? Was it too simple? Did it keep your attention?
3: This film and this story was just so complex. It had twists and turns and curves and then you were just like, Wow, that just hit me and at the end like you'll totally get it. It's one of those things that you're gonna wanna see over and over again because really it's just just amazing, really. And just really beautifully done. Because one of my favorite aspects about this was the town people. They're all completely different and crazy because we have a hunchback who's a Doctor, a mean teacher who absolutely hates Tilly, the tall drink of cold, hot water, who is named Liam Hemsworth, who plays Teddy um, McSwiney, his slow brother. We also have the policeman who loves fashion and fabrics, may I say no more, and and the drunk mom, and just so many more other characters. Like, there's tons of them. And that's what I actually loved about this film, was that it took so many, like, even though these people aren't, like, you don't think they're main characters, they really do play a huge part in the story. And they took, like, about, like, 30 or 40 people and just brought them in the story and combined them so well. And that was just, like, stunning, really.
4: Now, complex and dramatic stories like this really do require a lot of acting talent. So how do you think the cast it? there's names like Kate Winslet, who plays uh, Myrtle, and then there's names like Judy Davis, who plays Molly Dunich. So how do you think they all did?
3: Oh my gosh, they did amazing uh, and just wonderful, really. I loved them. Hugh Weaving just did great. Liam Hensworth, we have Kate Winslet, Judy Davis. We have so many characters. And the acting on this was just superb. I loved it. They just played these parts like they were these pe- people. And I don't even think it was a movie. I just like kind of was like, I'm one of the townspeople here in this town. And she's going to make a dress for me, really. And this is what drama is all about. It's award-winning drama. I love to say this because it just is really a beautiful film, and it's award-winning. And this is what drama is about. This is what real life is like. And they basically just brought this and brought it even to life for. And it really touches your heart, and your, just really touches you. I even found myself crying through a couple of the scenes.
4: That is definitely a fantastic acting skill. You're listening to Kids First Come Attractions on the Voice American Kids Network. Today we talked about the films Jungle Book, Suicide Squad, Nerve, Ben Hur, Peach Dragon. But right now we're going to continue talking to Morgan about the relatively new film Dressmaker. And we are just talking about how the acting skill was so phenomenal that it made Morgan cry and it made you really feel like you were there. Now, this film does take place in the past, so it's somewhat historical. Did you ever feel like you learned any historical facts, or do you think that you were captured by the how historical the dresses and the houses were?
3: I think the dresses and the houses and the characters pretty much were pretty historical because they didn't have as much technology as we did because they still had like, the telephones that were connected to the walls and such and the phone booths, and you don't really see those very much anymore. And it had that kind of stuff to it, but it wasn't really, like, so far back in the past that you're like, this is so old that you just are like, eh. And it seems kind of modern. I, it was, like, kind of, like, not too far long ago because they did have cars and they had some of the stuff that we have now that was invented just, like, not too long ago, to tell you the truth. And they had electricity and stuff like that. So you could tell that it wasn't too far ago, but it was actually very much refer- um, referring to the South Pacific and that's why, I, I wonder if it was actually shot there, or if it was really shot in this Australia, but I, I think it was just amazing, really, and just perfect. And the playing in this film was just really wonderful, and it just hits you.
4: Now, since this film is all about fashion, how was the costume design in the film?
3: The costume design in this film was beautifully, beautifully done. It was fabulous, or should I say uh, fabric-tastic. It was just beautiful you could look at it and you're like, I want that dress so bad. And one of Chili's, uh favorite things to do is that fashion to her is, like, basically her life. And I loved the clothes. And she can actually make, like, one of one of my favorite scenes in this film was probably when uh, all the guys are playing football and, like, the, one of the teams, need, both the teams actually need to win. And so she, like, kind of, like, switches outfits and everything. And then, like, all the football players on one team are like, ooh, she's so cute. And then they get distracted. And then she changes outfits. And then the other two's like, wow, she's cute. And then they get distracted. And she kind of tells you, like, what fashion should wear or what fashion's going to turn on people and stuff like that. And that was just really, really great how they added the storyline for that. And just beautifully done. And the fabric and everything was just beautiful.
4: And do you think this film could be considered a family
3: film? Uh, I would say probably like a 12 or 13 enough because for younger kids the story might be just a bit too complex for them and there's just like a little bit of violence in the film and just a couple of cuss words just like two or three but if like, I think that other kids probably would, like, probably get lost in the story if you're not older. And plus, there's a little bit of murder and a little bit of bullying, so they might get a little touched.
4: And how many stars do you give this film?
3: Oh, my gosh. Right off the bat, I give this five out of five dressmaker stars and dresses because it is just wonderful. And I just, I love the roller coaster ride of emotions, actually, because... One moment I was laughing because of uh, Molly Dunnage, Judy Davis, and then I was just laughing with all the scenes and everything with her in them, and then you'd cry, and then you'd laugh again, and it was just, it's a must-see film, really. That's the only words that I can explain, is a must-see film. It definitely
4: does sound like a phenomenal film. So what do you think your favorite scene is?
3: I really did like a football scene, and my other favorite is probably when she's making the dresses for everybody, because... Everybody kind of tells her, like, what kind of fabric they want and everything, and then Judy Davis, who plays Molly Dunnage, kind of helps Tilly with her dressmaking, and I kind of like it when Tilly and Molly Dunnage are together because they are mom and daughter, and it's kind of like a mother-daughter mother team, and I really like that, and they were just so funny and adorable to each other, and one of my other favorite scenes was probably when Neil head work, who plays Teddy McSwiney, is like... It's just hilarious because Judy Davis, who's, like, many years older than him, is just kind of like, you're so cute. And she kind of flirts with him. And it's just hysterical because Tilly is actually the one who he likes. And she just comes along to be like, you like me instead. And it kind of reminded me of Little House on the Prairie with New York Fashion Week. It was just, like, a combo that nobody would think would work but it just does.
4: It does sound it does definitely sound fantastic and a wonderful film. Thank you so much for talking to me about the dressmaker. Thank
3: you so much for having me.
4: If you'd like to check out this film, it is now available. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kiss First Comment Tractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog and teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition of Quality Children's Media on the Voice of America Kids Network. And this show is sponsored by the DVD release of The Jungle Book.